0: This episode of Juice Guru Radio is brought to you by Try Best, making healthy living easy.
1: Welcome Welcome to Juice Guru Radio. Discover what the magic and power of juicing can do for you. And now, your host, best-selling author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Juice Fasting, Steve Prusak.
0: After struggling with morbid obesity and diabetes, John McMahon had a diabetic heart attack and was told he must take a cocktail of medications for the rest of his life just to manage his disease, Um, basically to help manage diabetes, blood pressure, lower cholesterol, neuropathy, anxiety, and depression, and that's just for starters, and we're going to hear more about it. He ended up producing his journey through a nine-part documentary series. It's called I Thrive, Rising from the Depths of Diabetes and Obesity, and I've got the link under this video for you to sign up. There's a trailer there, and you'll get to that later. Um, So don't worry, you've got the link there, but let's bring him on right now. Let's welcome to the show right
1: now, John McMahon. John, hello, you're here live. Hey, Steve, it's good to be here, and I'm glad there's somebody out there that's juicing. It's making me want to juice. You know, I'm one of those lucky guys that right around the corner, like literally I can walk down the steps of my place, and right around the corner is a beautiful, um, amazing place called Joy, and they make fresh, cold-pressed juice there, and I, I live there, so it's awesome.
0: Awesome John. Where are you hanging out with us today? I'm here in Redondo Beach, California. Where are you beaming in from?
1: Well, you know, Steve, I live in Pismo Beach, California. So you know, I love the California coast like you. But right now I'm up in Santa Rosa, north of San Francisco, if you know where that is.
0: All right. Well, gotta love the power of technology. It feels like you're in the next room. So we've got a great connection. We can hear you loud and clear, and that's most important. And and what's even Top of what's above most important, like the ultimate of importance is we're going to hear a little about your journey and this docuseries that's coming soon. But take us back to where you were when you first went on this journey, because we've seen the before and after. Where were you? What kind of state were you in? And then we'll hear about how you made the transition to do exactly what you did here.
1: Well, you know, Steve, um, you know, these things just don't happen overnight. So it's like I've been slow cooking over a fire, you know, uh, like a like a crock pot, you know, for many, many years. And I think what really woke me up was something that a friend told me that really cared about me and has been kind of after me. You know, how you, you have some of, the, some of those friends that are really nice and, and polite and civil to you. And, you know, they don't want to, you know, step on any eggshells. But then you got other friends, they don't care, right? They're just, they're right, like, in your face. <laughs> they're just telling you like it is. So I have a friend like that, uh, Larry, and he, he was just after me, you know, about my health and about my habits, about, you know, turning things around about, you know, you know, and and finally he gave up. And, and I was at this point where, you know, I, I was really in poor health and, uh, and self-sabotaging. And he just basically, you know, he told me something that really snapped for me. he told me, John, I'm not going to bug you anymore. not calling you anymore. You're on your own. Um, you I, I I care for you more than you care for yourself, and you've got to decide, do you want to live? So it was those two thoughts, you know, that that, wow, you know, he's right. You know, Larry cares for me more than I'm caring for myself by my actions. And when he asked me if I wanted to live, I hesitated. And it was just like I had a quick out-of-body experience because there was something in my rational mind that was telling me, the, immediately the answer to that question is, yes, of course I want to live. I'm not, an. Uh, do you think I'm an idiot? No, but the words wouldn't come out of my mouth. I didn't feel it in my heart. And it was in that pause that there, there was some part of me that just said, wow, you don't know if you want to live. And the actions you've been taking answer that question already to know. And man, you better, you better answer that question. You better figure out the answer to that question. Stephen, that started my journey.
0: Wow. I mean, just by that, but even when you got to the point, I mean, we talked about all those ailments at the beginning from diabetes, blood, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, nerve Im- neuropathy, so problems with your nerves, anxiety and depression, obviously, with the depression, not even knowing if you want to take a journey and, and get back to health. I mean, I think sometimes in society, we eat ourselves to death, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the depression was a baseline for me, so I didn't know. The isolation was a baseline for me, so I didn't even grasp loneliness. If you were to ask me if I was lonely, I wouldn't say, no, I'm lonely and depressed. Mm-hmm. I thought I was, you know, it was kind of fine. I was isolated, did my own thing, and and but I wasn't, and I wasn't healthy.
0: And I mean, how funny. were you feeling? Like, well, you know, I mean, you knew you were sick, but did you think, I, ah, you know, other people go through this, this is just the way it should be, and whatever, or you just kind of no. ignore it?
1: It's about, you know, it's about, it's a denial. You know, it really is. And the, whatever that, that agent might be for you, whether it's, you know, drugs or alcohol or food, or sex, whatever it is, activities, overstimulation, numbing out. It's just to ignore the signals that your body is trying to tell you to make a change or the stress in your life, to face it. And it becomes this big, huge monster that's in a closet you do not want to open the door. <coughs> and that's what it sort of feels like. So for me, it was the next meal, vegging out in front of the TV, isolating from other people, not really facing, looking at who I was, you know, not a lot of mirrors in my home, you know, um, not a lot of social engagement, you know, in the, in the way that it was at that point when I was at my lowest. <coughs> and so it was denial and numbing. Numbing was just, uh, you know, I had no idea that I was doing it until the awareness started to increase about what, what was going on, but definitely numbing. And then you stimulate, you numb and you stimulate and you stimulate to create enough noise in your life to drown out the the stress and the fear of facing that monster in the closet, which, you know, you've got to change. It's overwhelming diabetes. I'm getting numb. I'm blurry vision, heart disease, you know, high cholesterol, you know, I'm getting older and age and I just, I, I can't deal with it all. And it's too much. And you just close the door.
0: Well, it started with mindset because you had the vision. You said, all right, I'm going to, I want to, you, know, you chose life, right? So, and then, you know, when you make that decision, there's lots of different paths you can take to health. And there's a lot of confusion in the health world. It's, and I know the docu-series goes into it's nine parts, right? So we don't want to give too, all of it away but we can talk a little about your journey and, you know, some of the decisions you made and some of the things you learned along the way.
1: Well, one of the things that really where I found inspiration was, is getting out of my own out of my own pit of wallowing and and being inspired by others. You know, there was a moment for me at the beginning of whether I you know should go ahead on this project. I thought, you know, maybe I could do this project to. As a transformation for myself, I could inspire somebody else. And through my own journey as I was doing it, not even knowing if I could make it, I didn't know if I could make it, but I didn't know that I could get to the other side. But I knew that in the journey of doing that, perhaps I could inspire somebody else that could make it, especially when at the very beginning, when I started to do a little bit of the research and I was overwhelmed that the pandemic of diabetes and obesity was worse Than the Black Plague of the 14th century.
0: Right. And so it was that awareness. But you didn't take the traditional route. I mean, they could have given you some medications. You could have underwent some surgeries. You could have, but you wanted to find another solution by meeting with some of the doctors like Dr. Furman and some of the other people that you encountered along the way, right?
1: Right. Well, what I found out was that there were people that were living vibrant lives and they were reversing their diabetes. They were, rever- they were, in, their, they were in the bodies that they w- had dreamed about. You know, they, they weren't fat. They didn't struggle. They weren't on a diet. They ate and they lived and they served. And I wanted to be like that. And uh, one moment I was sitting on, I was parked on the beach. You can drive out on the beach at Pismo Beach. And I was sitting there and I, I was watching this scene of this family play out. And the, they were there out there with a car and they had three kids out there, three beautiful young girls. And, and this one girl, she was really, really heavy. I mean, she was maybe 12 years old, morbidly obese, and she's playing with their sisters in a hula hoop and they're running around playing tag. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> if I could help one person, you know, through this, if I could help maybe prevent one child because they're kind of, children are kind of screwed. They're at the, they're at the mercy of their parents, right? You know, and to get them on the right track, then it would be worth it. And that's really that was really a tipping point of me deciding to go on this journey and interview these doctors and and go on this path and and f- educate myself and eventually turn it around myself. But you know, I decided to do this, go on this journey and do the documentary series before I had even transformed myself. And instead of waiting until after I was transformed, as hey, I used to be like this. Instead, I'm like. Here I am. I'm like I am. I'm out here searching for answers. I don't know if I can make it. If this can help you, I hope it can. I'm going to try to, you know, and yeah, I'm going to be transparent. You can see my journey.
0: Right. And how are you doing today? I mean, you look back at your before, you're were you. you like a new person.
1: Yeah. You know what? A lot of people ask that. They say, John, do you recognize yourself when you see yourself in the mirror? You seem like a new person. And what You'll find as you talk to me and other people like me, is people that have been there in the hole that we've been in. It's we don't feel that what we feel now when we look in the mirror, when we see our reflection, when we walk by, you know, a storefront, and the way that we feel it's like it's really us, it's not a new me or one that we don't recognize. It's the it's like we got out of jail, we escaped this. A s- insane asylum from being, you know, in a straight jacket and locked in a rubber room and drugged up with Thorazine and living in some kind of haze. We feel alive, and I feel like I'm myself. That I've been stuck inside behind my head and inside this body is now free and out. So that's what it feels. That's the best description of what it feels like now. Is that I'm out. I did it. I made it. I got out. I'm I'm free. <laughs>
0: what were some of the highlights of the journey? You know, what were some of the real the points that stand out? I mean, we're talking about it's a a pretty long documentary. So what stands out during those moments is maybe the top three things that really were transformative for you that you were like, wow, like, you know, just the light bulb went off or you just kind of realized or had an awakening. What what would you what would you nail that down on?
1: Yeah, uh, three. There's it's it's very simple. You know, three of the three of the things or actually four. The three things that really jumped out was to face, really face head on where I was at to no matter how bad it was to open up that door and look hard in the mirror. And there was an event that forced me to do that. And the next thing was to, to really understand that food addiction is a real thing. And the world that we live in filled with supernormal stimulus and environment that we were never designed to cope with is something that we've got to take seriously And then to understand, you know, going back to eating the whole natural foods that were in our natural environment is the is the quickest way for our bodies to heal themselves. And then the fourth thing was, and I heard you mention it before, was the connection. Like you said, hey, to your tribe, we're here to connect. And I had no idea how important that was. And often in my life, I tried to do this on my own, pull myself up. By my own bootstraps and say, I've got to fix myself. I got to do this by myself. Then I can engage the world. When I get to this point, when I get through this project, then, and I used to call, I come to call this when I then all disease, when I then all, you know? Um, So it was those four things. And the first event of facing myself came when I was sitting around a bonfire. And this was, you know, while the, it was like before the, I committed to doing this, this series and going on this journey. I, I was with my, my business partner, Michael Skye and my nephew, and we we're sitting around the fire, having a good time on the beach. And, and I lifted my feet up, you know, to warm my feet up by the fire, you know, and just kind of held them up. And, and then later on, you know, we were up there till like one in the morning and you know, we helped dig a car out of the sand and we were playing around. And, and when I got home, under the porch light and I'm putting my key in the door to unlock the door. And I look down to to the key and then I see, I I see that there's blood. My whole sandals are soaked, soaked in blood, just red. And I, and I thought, Whoa. And and immediately, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I must've cut myself on a piece of glass or something, whatever. I'll go inside. And I went inside and boom, I just tracked blood all over. And I went into the tub and I washed my feet off and, You know, I thought, I don't feel a thing here. There's something wrong with my feet. I'm washing them off in the tub and I didn't feel a thing. And I had to held them up to the mirror. And I had let the the neuropathy come on me so slow and be in such denial that it was always like, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take care of that or whatever. And then I look at my feet, second and third degree burns all along the tops of my feet from the toe pads up to my toes white blistering coming off, bleeding. And and that was a moment of of opening that door and facing John. Man, you are in trouble. You're in real, real trouble. You got to face this thing. And um, it was a real sobering moment. I was actually in shock, you know. And I had second, third degree burns on my feet. And, and uh, you know, the way that I was, such an idiot, you know, I just sort of, I'm washing, imagine, right? I didn't feel anything. I washed them all off, cleaned them off. You know, I just kind of wrapped a little bandage around them. And uh, I didn't even go to the emergency room that night. That's how disconnected I was to taking care of myself or being in the reality. And finally, I went the next day. And, I, and that's when they said, that you got second, third degree burns, you know. And John, for, you think you'd, I, I saw my podiatrist that was examining my feet. You think you're going to do a documentary? you're going to fly around the country. You're going to be carrying all this gear and go, you're not going anywhere. This is two months. You got two or three months off your feet. You can't walk. You got, you know, and, and it was at that moment, you know, it was right after that, that I was parked in my car thinking about what I had done to myself, what I had done and what I wanted to do. And now I've hit this obstacle. And that's when I saw that family, that little girl on the beach. And, and it was at that moment that I decided, you know, I'm going to take the risk. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore what the doctor said. and I got some, I got some special hospital boots for that put all your weight on your heels, big fat boots. You might have seen people walk on them, you know, um, if they've had a foot injury. And then I, I built up some pads underneath the middle part of my foot that would keep the whole front part of my foot elevated and not touching anything. So I'm kind of walking like a penguin on these things. And I went ahead for the next three months, three or four months on those things. And uh I carried all my own gear, one man production crew, all my own travel, um, you know, at the airports in the wheelchair and and I just uh I did I almost lost my left foot. At one point, I almost got osteomyelitis, which is a deep infection of the bone. Um and that was on when the lunar eclipse I mean when the uh there was a solar eclipse and I was in Greenville, South Carolina, right where it was like a hundred percent. And, uh, that night, a person that I was interviewing there, uh, there was an emergency room doctor there and he said, Hey, let me just examine the bandages, you know, that you've got just while you're here. And he looked at him and says, you got to go to the emergency room right now. They're black. Your feet are black. You could lose your foot. You got to go right now. And, uh, and I did, and I was in the emergency room all night and x-rays and exams and looking at the bone and making, see if the infection had gone to the bone. I flew home the next day. And, and so that was a really close call then. So that was, that was facing reality. That was the first of those four steps, you know, that, that really had me turn around. You
0: know, some people don't realize, I mean, it's a docu-series. It's, this is real life though. I mean, this was life or death, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in a nine-part documentary series, we could go really deep, where in a, in a lot of cases, you know, some of these, these issues are, can only be dealt with in a superficial way. And so I interviewed like 95 people, like 55, 60 experts in the area, scientists, nutritionists, doctors, and we're able to go through the whole spectrum and treat, create a whole episode that's, first of all, driving home the point, like I needed it for myself, that this is a pandemic. And to hear it again and again and again from multiple people, from multiple angles, the first episode is about wake up, you know, diabetes and obesity, obesity being like the tip of the iceberg for the host of all these metabolic and chronic diseases is, is a pandemic. And it's something we got to take extremely seriously and face and open that door and say, okay, I'm going to face it. And then throughout the rest of the episodes, you know, we're able to go deep into misinformation, confusion, into behaviors, into food addiction, into the toxins in our environment, into the, the challenges that we have with supernormal stimulus food, and then community and connection and healing and the kind of foods and nutrition, you know, just like you have in the juicing and um, to he- let our bodies heal and rest and be so it was a real
0: crash course for you, almost like a college education wrapped up in this journey. I mean, it's amazing. And out of all those experts and leaders that you spoke to, doctors, you know, nutritionists, what teaching st- stood out the most? Like what do you think had the most impact on the journey? Or would you say, you know, they all fit in, in their own way, but do any stand out, you know, as like, whoa, that was really something.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I have to say, you know, they are all amazing in the insights that they brought in all of these dimensions. So it's hard to say. Some were focused on the nutrition. Some were focused on correcting misinformation. Um, Some were, some really brought to bear the situation that we're facing. So they all had a unique gift. Um, I think one of the greatest impacts for me were a couple of different people. Um, First of all, it would have been Dr. Doug Lyle. Dr. Doug Lyle talks about the pleasure trap as really being the, the key behind what, you know, what's holding us from you know, our happiness in the world and really explaining the challenge that we have in the modern environment with supernormal stimulus food, things we weren't designed to eat, and how to combat that, and even work that he had done beyond the book that he and Alan Goldhammer had written, The Pleasure Trap, Three More Traps. And so it was like you get to sit down with me doing a one-on-one session with my psychologist um, and saying, you know, am I broken? What's wrong with me? Am I a complete idiot? How can I be so self-destructive and so conscious about it at the same time? You know, am I a complete moron? And he says, no, John, you're not alone. And this is why, and this is what's going on. And it was like a relief. And in that same way, you know, in one of the episodes, episode 5 with Susan Pierce Thompson, a neuroscientist talking about food addiction being real. John, we've measured it in the brain. It's real. You're not making this up. You know, the doctors talking about sugar and fat and salt and and how that's put together, it's engineered by science to ping the circuits in our brain that act like drugs. You know, so it was it was those those things, so I'd have to say Dr. Doug Lyle really kind of freed me to say, it's okay, I'm, I'm not broken, and I'm not to this odd thing that needs to be thrown out, that it's okay, and I can find my path out. And then from just a whole food standpoint, all of them saying, look, walk away from foods that are in packages that have labels. I mean, in general. Eat from the garden, and then... <clears throat> And then Dr. Furman, basically with his approach of a nutrient-rich diet. look, when, when you're eating, eat for nutrition. Well I used to eat for pleasure. What do I want? What do I want? What would, you know what is my I want? What cuisine do I want? I want Italian. I want French. I want this. you know a barbecue. No, now I'm saying, what, what do I want? and now what do I need? And that's what I eat for, you know for nutrition. And uh, Dr. Furman kind of took me under his wing. He felt bad. I I think a little bit worried about me. And, uh, you know, he said, John, here's my text. I want you to text me what I eat. I'm going to put you on my emergency plan. You know, the emergency plan, you know, because he wrote the book, The End of Diabetes, right? And so I'm talking to the man, you know. (laughs) Actually, several of the people that I've interviewed wrote books on turning around diabetes. But I'm sitting there, and he's like, John, this is what I want you to do. When you leave here, there's a store down here, get this, this, and this, text me what you eat. And, and, you know, it was Dr. Furman that really. He even went the extra mile, you know, and later on, you know, he told me, he says, John, you know, when you came to my house, you know, I didn't know. I I thought uh, it's going to be 50-50, whether or not you're going to pull this off, but uh, but here you are. And and so he was excited that uh, I made it through. I just saw him recently at his new retreat.
0: Oh, God. He's our medical advisor. We just love the work he does. And uh, Jennifer wrote, I'm amazed at uh, John's transformation. I just put that up on the screen. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Absolutely. And you guys, you know that it's in a nine part DVD series, I Thrive Rising from the Depths of Diabetes and Obesity. and what an inspiration this is going to be for our friends and family to see. My dad had a heart attack last year. I want him to see this. We've got to get this to our friends and family. We've got to educate the world through our friend John. We can live through his transformation. Right John, I feel like this could really inspire people to start making these changes and looking deeper at how they can, you know, battle back to health as you've done.
1: Yeah, and that's what it's meant to be. You know, what my goal and this has become my life's work now, is to use my experience and my reach and my connection and my work as an inspiration and hope that, that if I can do it, you can do it. And that is certainly true. Because if anybody was stuck in the pleasure trap, I was stuck in the pleasure trap. If anyone had food addiction, food susceptibility, I had it worse. If anybody thought they couldn't make it and had cravings, believe me, I never thought I could give up. You know, things like you talk to me like, you know, we give a bread or cheese or butter, or pizza, or, you know, hamburgers and French fries. I mean, I just, it was so, it was overwhelming the idea of it. And I can tell yeah. you that it goes away, that it really does. Your taste does, your, your taste neuroadapt. Your body physiologically changes. You come alive. I mean, I haven't even thought about those foods. Until, you know, you've just recently until we are just talking about them right now and every once in a while. Yeah, there might be a slip here or there, but you, you get just get back up and get started. And so that's the point that I wanted to make with the documentary for me was that you have is to give hope, hope and inspiration. And that's what you can take Because if I can do it, anybody can do it.
0: Like I said, we've got the link below for you guys to sign up. The free online Nine Park docuseries is starting, like I said, November 13th. I put that up on the screen, too. So, you know, we could go deeper and deeper. But I say sign up for it. It's free. Share it with your friends and family. It's free. Why not get it into their hands? If they miss it, they can always you know, get the hard copy a physical copy and have it in their library. But I think this is going to be something to really, uh, because I've, I've seen the trailers. I I see that this is going to be something that's really going to change what's going on in our society, in the world. And so I think the more people that see this, the better, and it's already on fire, John. I mean, we see this spreading across the internet. More and more people are signing up and saying, yeah, I, I, this is important work that you're doing. There's some other docu series out there, but this seems to really hit home for us and the work you're doing. So thank you for getting this out.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's an honor. I didn't. I don't know what came over me or gave me the strength to do it, but I got it done. I look back and I'm like, man, you know, it was like three months of a whirlwind. Um, but was there uh, an accountability
0: thing? Like, were you thinking, all right, if I do a documentary, then I really have to follow through on some of this.
1: It was bigger than that. I had to make this my life's work. That's what I had to do to make to make this stick. This had to become what I do, and uh, and th- that's another component of community and connection and service to others. Um, that's you know all those things that were missing in my life and that that we talk about in the documentary series in uh, important that are just not about nutrition, you know. You get all the elements, you know, sleep and water and exercises and connection and love and support and feeling of value and giving service, you know, so that's uh, that's really exciting for me.
0: Well, before we close out, you know, I look at other documentaries like Fat, Sick and Nearly Dead and the guy Phil, everyone loved his transformation, but he fell back, you know, and he got back on the mess. How, are you strong? Are you going to stay the path, John? Because it seems like you're on it now. I know you're on it now, but we don't want to see our friends slip. Like you can really be the inspiration. Now, how are you feeling now with moving forward and your plans for the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw that movie too. And even, even Dr. Furman mentioned that, you know, Joe Cross came to his home to film, you know, and Joe Cross had this huge film crew and tons of people in there and all that. And and he's looked at me and he goes, John, it's just you. You're all by yourself. You know, I'm setting up the camera and I'm hobbling around on my boots, you know, and, And all that. And he just kind of chuckled, you know, he couldn't believe it. But yeah, like Phil, um, I've built in that I I can't stress enough the community and the connection of not to do this alone. I've made made this my my life's work. And so you're going to go on a journey with me. Besides the documentary, there's a whole lot of other things that are, you know, when somebody registers, they'll see what my journeys is. They'll see my struggles in the kitchen. They'll see where I've slipped. And then I've come back again. I slipped and I've come back again. And that does come back to accountability and connecting with others and being clear about your purpose, being clear about your why, that you've answered that question. Well, why do you want to live, John? Well, this is why. A, B, and C. And oh, hey, you know what? You know, I just called somebody. Uh, you know, I had a I slipped today, you know, I had this candy bar, I ate some potato chips, and you know that's okay. You know, even Doug Lyle is talking about, you know, if you can be if you can just not hold yourself to such a high standard that when you, when you inevitably slip as a human being, that you don't just let it go and let it all go to heck, right? You just get back up immediately. And one of the tricks that I use is, is once in a while, like obviously I wouldn't, if, if I would have slipped, you know, I've lost 108 pounds, 110 pounds here in like nine months, less than nine months. And, uh, you know, if I'd be slipping all the time, I wouldn't have done that. But what, when I do, one of the tricks I use is instead of feeling guilty and shameful about it, I just, I admit it and I, but I don't ignore it. I will take a picture. I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to taking a picture of whatever it is that I ate, the candy bar wrappers, or the potato chip wrappers, whatever that I ate, so that I, re- I realize I'm not trying to hide it or sweep it under the rug. And I made a commitment to call and talk to people that I have for support and then get back on immediately. So I'm not going to think, oh, I've got to starve myself now, or I've got to, oh, calorie restrict, I'm going to skip the next meal, which is the worst cascade. And you've left in your mouth this sweet party or this salt party or this fat party, right? So immediately I'll follow it up with a kale juice or something really green or steam some greens or eat a banana or just to just to immediately, even if I was full, I will come back and I'll fill myself with nutrient rich food to get everything tuning back into that radio frequency of whole foods. And then I'm just, I'm back on track and, uh, and that's what I do. So, you know what, just stay tuned and stay with me because this is my life's work. And, And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated now this next year. Hey, let me tell you what my goal of 2019. So 20, 2017 was doing the documentary 2018 with this transformation with my weight and my health. If anybody knows what an A1 hemoglobin A1C measurement is, it's the caramelization in your body that indicates you know your blood sugar spiking over the last three months. It's the biggest indicator of like type two by diabetes and where you are at. My A one C is four point nine, which is which is lower than most most college kids in their twenties. Um, for next year, I'm I am getting into um, fitness and bodybuilding. Uh, I like going to the gym. I like iron. Uh, I like being yoked and I'm going to be, that's going to be kind of my thing for this next year. So follow me on that journey and it'll be kind of fun to see where I go transformation
0: is on it's john mcmahon right here and if you're listening on juice guru radio just go to our website to get the link sign up for this nine-part dvd series i thrive rising from the depths of diabetes and obesity and if you're watching here on facebook then the link is right below this video so grab it there if you're on youtube the link is below the video too wherever we're we're going to just put this out everywhere so john thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule thank you for being here we're excited to support your journey and cheer you on every step of the way thanks for being on the show
1: thanks steve it's a pleasure hanging out with you can't wait to see you soon that was a lot of fun and you guys
0: sign up the trailer is there for you for free so check it out it's at the link below so check it out it's there for you and i'm steve prusek and we'll see you next time lots more coming your way thanks for tuning in
1: for listening to Juice Guru Radio. Find out more about us at juicegururadio.com. Until next time, get your juice on.